Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. On this episode, we are highlighting the Purdue Research Foundation and all the good work going on up there. To talk with me about that is the president of the Purdue Research Foundation, Brian Edelman. Brian, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you, Adam. Doing great. Good. Well, it's glad. great to have you on the uh, the program here. Uh, your colleague, uh, Chris Adams, sent me some uh, just phenomenal stats about all the good work that's going on up there. I'm, you know, reading these 300 plus startups and, and how great the fiscal 2020 year is. So I'm excited to talk to you about this. But before we dive into that, just kind of let the listeners get to know a little bit about you, um, where you're from, and then how you got to Purdue and how long you've been there. Sure. Um, I am a Hoosier. I was raised in southern Indiana and uh, went to Wabash College for my undergrad, but I went to um, Purdue for my uh, master's degree in finance. And um, out of Purdue, then joined Eli Lilly and Company, spent 30 years there, and um, then um, retired and uh, got a call from some colleagues that were up at the university and uh, went to the foundation as their CFO, and then after a couple of years became president. So I've been, I've been now at Purdue um, at the foundation for about five years. Awesome. Well, like we mentioned, uh, some great Great things going on up there, looking at all these stats uh, that I've got here in front of me. Talk about some of the, the accomplishments uh, from Purdue Innovation just in the last year alone. You know, one of the things that we're most excited about is the, um, the starting point of the innovation uh, to impact cycle. And that is when an inventor um, discloses an invention to our Office of Technology Commercialization. Um, there's then a process to determine if that invention can be patented and whether it should be patented. But um, that is the uh, raw material for our um, in, uh, innovation commercialization process. And last year, there were a record 408 disclosures of inventions to our Office of Technology Commercialization. So um, we're hopeful, since that's the starting point, that that will continue to produce great numbers as we go forward. Wow, that's incredible. So, you know, those numbers just in, just in one year alone. I can't you know, imagine what it's been you know, since you guys started there. Obviously very successful. Talk about just the, the entrepreneurship ecosystem that Purdue has. Yes, um, we, um, we, we think about that ecosystem starting with actually we can go back to um, 1860s so um, Abraham Lincoln signed the land-grant University um, Act and when we look at that act it, it tells us that at Purdue we have a responsibility to improve the world through our technologies and our graduates so um, uh, President Daniels and my predecessor Dan Hassler um, in uh, 2014 formed an entity that we call the Foundry. And the Foundry is the university's um, accelerator and incubator for startups. The, um, and, and the way we meet out that mission of improving the world through technologies is, uh, for instance, last year there were 22 startups that came from Purdue Intellectual Property from, from an, a, a disclosure that ended up being patented and that technology that underlies it is now the foundation for the startup company. Um, we had a record number last year, also a record number of startups. We had 22, as I mentioned, from Purdue Intellectual Property. 
and then 33 that were from the community that did not have the intellectual property. What's so important is that um, the, um, the startup, the entrepreneurship is, is one of the ways to get our technologies to market. The other way is to license these technologies directly to companies. And um, about two thirds or three quarters of the technologies that advance toward the marketplace are done so with, with industry, not with startups. But startups and entrepreneurship are so interesting to people um, at Purdue and outside of Purdue that it punches way above its weight. So even though we have only about a third of licenses going into startups, its um, impact from a publicity and an attraction perspective is huge. Gotcha. And then just talk about your role and, and what Purdue Research Foundation does to help support uh, all of this. Sure. Well, you know, it really comes, it goes back to that mission. And um, when we think about improving the world through Purdue Technologies, um, a key element that we have inside the, um, the, the foundation is our Office of Technology Commercialization. So it's a group of professionals that do the patenting and licensing of Purdue Technologies on behalf of the university. They work hand in glove with our foundry, which, as I said, is the incubator and accelerator for startups. So those two components are the engine of how we get technologies going toward the marketplace through direct licensing or the entrepreneurship and startups. But what we've realized is um, to have a, both a culture and an ecosystem that supports innovation, one requires good places, places for that to happen. So um, last year, we were very excited that in um, December, the construction was completed for a, a new facility we call the Convergence. And um, this um, little over $40 million uh, five-story building is right on State Street. And uh, we moved the Office of Technology Commercialization in the foundry into its second floor in early January. But Convergence is meant to be a place where innovators, um, um, private equity, venture capitalists, industry, government, um, our own primary investigators at the university and students come together to, to create ideas that can then in fact improve the world. So placemaking is the third component of our um, team that's focused on commercializing Purdue technologies. Wow, incredible. Talk about what you credit, you know, to Purdue for the success of all of this innovation and in startups. Well, um, it's almost, it's so often, it's almost a hackneyed phrase, but it, it's, it comes from the top. Leadership matters. And um, President Daniels um, has been supportive and focused on the commercialization of Purdue technology since day one. Um, and, and one of the best examples of trying to institutionalize that is that um, the Board of Trustees of the university and President Daniels adopted early on that a um, faculty member at Purdue can, can advance into, um, be promoted or, or obtain tenure by commercialization. And that compares to the historic way that promotions and tenure um, occur at most universities, which is the publishing of research. So one can, in fact, um, if they are producing innovations that are being licensed industry or into startups through entrepreneurship, that also is a way to be promoted and get tenure at Purdue. 
So that's a, an institutional change. And then um, it comes from the top, from leadership. So for instance, who is hired? And right now the, um, the dean of um, the engineering college, um, Meng Chiang, is a three-time entrepreneur, three startups, and he's very focused um, on commercialization. And it's one of the reasons why our um, the disclosures I mentioned last year was a record 408. His focus and the importance that he places on disclosing in inventions has been a, a key factor for us. So th those are those are some of the, the most important ways that we've um, that that it occurs at Purdue. Awesome. You talk about uh, conversions and you know all the the. Uh, parts of uh, the Discovery Park District. I, I know I was last up on campus last spring, I think shortly before the pandemic really hit, and I was just driving down State Street, and I'm just blown away by all the buildings and, and, and new development out there. Talk about, is that all part of Re uh, Purdue Research Foundation over there, or and, and if so, I'm just kind of talk about the role all that, the, the Discovery Park plays in all that. Sure. Um, the um, <clears throat> When um, the, the city of West Lafayette and the university decided to rework State Street, and, and remember it was, um, it had no thoughtful crosswalks, it was poorly lit, um, it was not safe for pedestrians, it was not safe for bicyclists, other than that it was a phenomenal road through the middle of campus. Um, so with the reworking of State Street and then the creating the ring road around campus, um, there, the university had a $100 million obligation, half of the project, but a university in the state of Indiana cannot take on a $100 million liability, so the foundation did. And to help pay that off, uh, we did a $40 million land swap with the university that put us in possession of those lands that go out west along State Street. And um, shame on us, we should have been doing this before we were prompted by the State Street redevelopment, because it's the right thing to be doing. But we were prompted by that. And, and now what we're realizing is that um, industry, um, government, um, uh, the armed services, um, cap uh, venture capitalists are very interested in being adjacent to the university because of the research and the access to uh, that research talent and then also the access to, um, access to talent from a recruiting perspective. So that's what makes that area different than, than any other um, research park or office space that may exist in the Midwest. It's adjacent to Purdue University. And uh, we've been fortunate. We uh, are on pace. Um, every five years, we need to bring in about a quarter of a billion dollars worth of construction uh, to hit our targets. In the first five years, we beat that. We, we were um, about $260 million of construction. Um, very excited to see Continuum going up. It's right beside Convergence and that are, are luxury apartments that our partner um, in, in the development, our master developer, um, Browning Investments is bringing up with J.C. Hart. And then across, as you head west, um, across from uh, Airport Road, where you used to have the black and gold um, uh, sports fields, that is now um, um, all the earth is being turned by uh, Old Town Design. And that will be single family homes. Um, and, and that development is going by the name of Providence. Okay. We added Saab out in the aerospace park. We've got Rolls Royce. Uh, we added um, Schweitzer Engineering Labs. 
also out there. And, um, you know, it, I, I joke and say most every project I, that we, we touch has a 1% probability. And, but right now we've got a lot of 1% probabilities uh, projects that we're working on and very hopeful that we land several of them. A lot of uh, huge names out there. And again, it's just incredible development uh, going on at the campus. Looks a lot different than it uh, did when I graduated 16 it years sure ago. Does. Yes. <laughs> um, talk about the effect, if at all. I mean, has the, has the pandemic hit you guys hard or slowed you down or are you guys chugging right along? You know, I've, I've been amazed. Um, the um, one of uh, the resilience of, the, of our employees um it it brings new challenges uh the remote working it's it's not a picnic and and if you've got small children or children that are in school <clears throat> i think it's been very challenging for folks to um juggle doing the work and and the um and providing the education for their kids the um but when i look at our overall productivity it it, it just amazes me we've got so much going on and so much going on that we had established as goals um, that um, that the the pandemic has really not slowed us down. Good. The um, our endowment, uh, we also manage the um, university's endowment at the foundation. Our investment team um, has been doing uh, great things. Um, uh, the markets also have come back in, in the in the uh, time period of the of the pandemic. But um, I, I we feel very fortunate with with the progress we've been making. And talk about the support you've been getting from Purdue, or maybe you guys have been uh, showing the support to Purdue through all of this, and just keeping. Things. Well, um, you, the um, we have uh, a colleague of mine who the foundation is our chief innovation and collaboration officer. Um, was one of the folks that worked with the veterinary school's um, animal disease diagnostic lab to get it certified as a COVID nineteen testing lab, and. Uh, President Daniels noticed that. So he asked David Broker, our, our Chief Innovation and Collaboration Officer, to come over and work with, um, with um, President Daniels and, and colleagues at the university to get ready to open up in the fall. And one of the things that they recommended is that we actually slow down demolition of the married student housing that's there in um, the, um, the Purdue uh, Village um, uh, um, apartments. and um, we, we saved 16 buildings that otherwise we would have been demolishing this summer, getting ready for our next phase of development. And that, that is being used for um, capacity for isolation of any students that do present positively with the uh, virus. And then also for quarantining students that are questionable about whether they're infected because they've been in contact with students. So um, we helped provide uh, 400 beds uh, for that capacity. And, and an interesting thing is um, University of North Carolina sent all their students home because they ran out of that capacity of beds for isolation and quarantining. Um, David uh, Broker and a colleague from the foundation, Greg Weddle, have also worked with an outside firm to come up with a uh, negative pressure air conditioner. They were able to put into um, these units um, in the uh, Purdue Village apartments and because of that, it reduces the um, rebreathing of air inside of these apartments, which makes it safer to put two people into an apartment. And um, so we now have 800 bed capacity 
uh, for isolation and quarantining. And we're very hopeful that that will um, keep this, um, the first 13 years or 13 weeks of this fall uh, semester open. Yeah, and hopefully you won't even need all that space. But again, just great innovation and thinking. I'm glad you mentioned David. I had David on the podcast uh, a little over a year ago, really early into my podcast. I think he was one of the episode seven or some somewhere early on. I hope he did. I hope he did a good job. He did. He did better than I did probably. That was <laughs> early on in this podcast, but he's great. And uh, yeah, uh, highlighting the, the uh, Discovery Park District up there. Um, yes. As we're kind of wrapping up here, uh, Brian, if people are listening to or watching this episode and like, wow, how do I get involved? Um, whether they're student staff or an outsider, maybe in the community, where can they either learn more or find out more information if they want to get involved? The, um, probably one of the best places uh, to get involved is if someone is inter 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 interested, excuse me, in uh, entrepreneurship would be with the Foundry. So, you know, I would direct them to the um, Purdue University Foundry website. Um, Wade Lang is our uh, chief entrepreneurial officer and, uh, and he and his team at the Foundry would love to connect with students. Uh, faculty and staff that may have um, an interest in entrepreneurship or an idea that they'd like to give life to as a new company. Um, if anyone's out there that's interested in understanding what Purdue technologies are available for licensing, um, I'd, I suggest that they reach out to the um, Office of Technology Commercialization. Uh, Dr. Abhijat Karv is our acting um, director right now um, at the uh, leader at the um, Office of Technology Commercialization. And uh, Abby's team at the um, Office of Technology Commercialization would love to introduce people to what technologies are available to um, take out and improve the world with. Good deal. Well, keep up the good work, Brian. Anything else as we're wrapping up that you want our, our listeners to know? The, um, it just, you know, I hope folks that, that do know Purdue and, and graduated from Purdue uh, do get a chance to come up and, um, and drive down uh, uh, the State Street um, from, um, let's say, Harry's, uh, and, you know, drive out, out west. Um, an exciting aspect um, this weekend, uh, tomorrow actually, um, in the evening, late at night, we're replacing a single lane uh, underpass um, um, that's um, right behind the Rolls-Royce building, our, um, and, and it's the entrance to our aerospace park. And a single lane railroad underpass is, does not work with large semi-trucks. So we had to replace that to actually be able to open up the aerospace park. So one of the ways that we were able to um, help um, the, the company Saab decide that they wanted to be in the aerospace park to build the fuselage for the um, T-7A Red Hawk uh, trainer uh, plane for the Air Force was that we agreed that we would replace that single lane um, underpass and um, it's a about a 12 million dollar project and um, it's going to be completed on time also so that drive as you said you, you're going to see it's not going to be the campus or the Purdue you remember good deal awesome hey Brian thank you again uh, for your time I appreciate it and like I said before just you know, keep up the good work up there thank you Adam I, I appreciate it have a great afternoon you too boiler up boiler up